welcome to State of the Nonprofits. I'm your host, Autumn Vest, Executive Director of MSS. We've been talking a lot lately about fundraising in the last few episodes, and it's such a critical piece of our everyday life in nonprofits. If you've been following along, you've heard our guests mention storytelling quite a bit. We use storytelling to encourage relationships with donors, volunteers, clients, and the general public. How and where we communicate our story is an important factor in our success. The channels of communication are ever-changing, and social media is now one of the most efficient and effective ways to reach our audiences. Joining me today to visit about all things social media is the chief storyteller, digital marketing consultant, and founder of Armic Systems, Ryan McGuire. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much, Autumn. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Now, I said Armic correctly, is that you right? You did. Okay. Yes. So what is Armic Systems? So Armic Systems is a digital advertising agency. We help clients get found online. So we handle everything from social media, which is why I'm here today, to Google ads, to search engine optimization, website development, user experience analysis, really anything and everything when it comes to a company's online presence, we do it. So I have to ask you, because I think I maybe overheard something, Armic, is there a meaning to the name Armic? So no meaning beyond a play on my name. Okay. So Ryan McGuire, the R from Ryan, Mick from McGuire, Armic. And part of the reason why I went with Armic, honestly, is I had designed a logo years ago that's my shield with a heart on it and had never utilized it for anything. And so I thought, oh man, Armic actually would work with that old logo I designed. Yeah. I need to go run with like it. Armor, Armic, right. heart shield. I get it. That's great. That's a great story. So that is something special. Yeah, it, it is. Thank you. So <laughs> you've been working a lot with nonprofits and in communities in general. I've heard you speak at some different things like Association of Fundraising Professionals, and you've been really engaged. You even helped us with Premium Mason Gives in the community last year. How and why do you work with nonprofits? Oh, man. Well, I have a deep love for Odessa and a deep love for the Permian Basin as a whole. And so that goes hand in hand with serving the nonprofits that serve our communities in a way that no other organizations do. And so every single nonprofit that I've had the pleasure of working with has a mission that is critical to our people. Mm -hmm. And so being able to do the work that I love doing for organizations that are serving the people that I love, it's just a win-win. And nonprofits also have just such a unique situation. They have a unique, I guess, segment in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. They don't function the same way as a for-profit company does. They don't function the same way as a typical like public sector company does. There are things that nonprofits do, like their fundraising, volunteer outreach, capital campaigns, just things that are unique to them that are so much fun to handle. So I love working with nonprofits. Well, that's wonderful to hear because I know a lot of nonprofits have a lot of questions about all things marketing, but specifically around digital marketing. Why is that something that really pulled you in? Why did you choose that field for yourself? So I was in banking and I was bored to death of banking. And to be honest, I think one night I just did a Google search for exciting industries that were taking off. And one of the things that caught my eye was actually app development. So I left banking to develop an app with a friend of mine in Odessa. And throughout working on that app and realizing that there were parts of that side of things that I wasn't too excited about, I fell in love with the marketing side. That all evolved into me deciding that Armic Systems should be a marketing agency. And before I actually started working on Armic full-time, uh, CBS 7 had discovered what I was doing with my app and offered me a position uh, as their digital director of marketing and sales. And so I joined them for about a year and a half, and it was a really fun time. 
but that even uh, it, it stoked the flames even more for me to want to do my own thing in digital marketing. And so I left them in 2019 and that's when I just really dove into the marketing side of Armic Systems full time. So let's talk about social media. I've recently heard you speak and you mentioned that our region is a little bit different than what's going on nationally and in other places as far as what's happening on Facebook and how people are engaging in social media. What's kind of the trend out here in the Permian Basin? So the trend here and that really sets us apart is that Facebook is still dominant. Our user base on Facebook is unlike what I've seen in any other market. In fact, I was at a, a conference. It was a digital marketing conference and I was listening to a panel speak. This was in Austin. And one of the guys who was like the lead person on the panel, who's got this startup, really fancy crypto type stuff. And he told us, if you are publishing anything to Facebook in 2020, this was, uh, this was actually 2019 pre COVID mm -hmm. that he was saying this. So if you, if basically if, if Facebook is part of your strategy moving forward, you've already lost, you're wasting your time. It's dead. Wow. And he encouraged everybody in the room that if they weren't already active on Twitter and on TikTok, that they needed to get involved ASAP. And I talked to him after the panel, I just said, Hey, I'm from West Texas. We use Facebook all the time. That's still our primary social media channel. And he really couldn't believe it. And we really didn't have a lot to discuss because he was so surprised that there would still be a user base. Hmm. And I've seen similar things in the Houston area, even the DFW market. I've got a friend with a digital agency there, and he does significantly more programmatic ads than he does Facebook or really any other social media. And it's mind boggling. Hmm. But West Texas and the Permian Basin specifically still use Facebook primarily. Well, I think we have such a challenge in our community with communication. I think we all, there's nobody knows what channels to go to and how to get information. And so it seems like Facebook is where everybody's at right now in our community. It really is. And I was actually looking um, really in preparation for the last couple of weeks and speaking to AFP and then coming on the podcast at statistics. And there's this project called the open data project. That's just a general kind of digital social media, um, statistics group. And they found that 97% of nonprofits have a Facebook account mm -hmm. and that 55% of people who come across that nonprofit on Facebook engage in some way beyond just scrolling. And that can be volunteering, that can be as simple as a message, but it heightens their engagement just for the simple fact that they've come across the nonprofit on social media. And so when you're thinking about communication, because it definitely is a problem, uh, there are things that I have, I've handled five-figure budgets for events. And in the days post-event, talk to people who say that they had never heard of the event. And it is mind boggling mm -hmm. because we have organizations with huge boards of directors, a large number of employees, big marketing budgets, and people still don't hear about it. And so communication will always be an issue. And so the, the primary goal needs to be focusing your efforts on the largest microphone mm -hmm. and what has the, the greatest reach and that's social media. Well, and it's, it's super cost effective too. I mean, you know, when we start talking about how to do advertising and how to communicate with your audience, there's so much of it that's just free. It's just having that constant stream of content. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things that I run into is that there's not an exact answer for how often you should be publishing to social, but you really ought to just be as active as you can be. I've never come across a client 
even those in like the publishing industry that are publishing blogs on a daily basis and extremely active. Um, I've never come across anybody that I felt was overdoing it with their communication, especially in the nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. I, for the longest time, uh, especially over the last several years in meeting with overburdened nonprofits that have a staff that stretched, stretched extremely thin. And I know that that's the majority. I've been nice and said, oh, well, you know, just post as often as you can. And while that is still the case, you should post as often as you can. I really urge anybody listening to try to post five times a week. Take one medium and your medium here truly, unless you're, unless you have a demographic that specifically fits LinkedIn, specifically fits Twitter, you know, you, you, you know, within your own industry uh, or subsect a little bit uh, more about your audience, but generally Facebook is going to be the king here and we should be publishing up to five times per week. So you mentioned the statistic, 55% of the people who stumbled across a nonprofit were engaging with that nonprofit in some way. Correct. That's a huge impact. That's a good reason in and of itself for nonprofits to build a social media presence. What are some other benefits or needs or reasons besides building that audience? How can we, you know, what's the benefit to nonprofit if they don't have a Facebook page? So, so the benefit to getting one is really, it's a sign of life beyond, beyond just the engagement. You know, when people are looking to find uh, a good source or a good cause to put their resources behind, they want to work with an organization that is working within the community. And sometimes you'll come across a nonprofit that is doing a lot and they're making a huge impact, but the only people who know about it are the clients that they're serving. And they miss out on a lot of opportunities to receive more funding, to receive more coverage, which gives them a better chance of receiving more funding, more volunteers, uh, by not leveraging social media and sharing some of the stories that they are generating basically every day that they serve their clientele. Um, so really in, in social media, you mentioned it's cost effective. Mm -hmm. It's entirely free. You could join social media and never spend a dime on advertising. Yeah. I recommend that you do, but uh, it's entirely free if you want it to be. It just takes a little bit of time. Yeah. And there's essentially nothing to be lost from any of your efforts on social. Well, and that's one of the things, you know, we talk about posting five times a week. We talk about creating content and it's challenging. It's challenging to keep that up. But at the same time, we are our own best kept secret. And there's, there's, like you said, some incredible services out there in our community that people are not hearing about. And the more that we can tell that story and, and share that news and spread that word is it's going to be huge for the nonprofits just in general to help not only build possible donors, but to build even their client base as well. So many people are finding information through social. Exactly. And so I really, whenever I'm talking to someone about a social media strategy, we tackle typically either th one of three audiences, mm -hmm. and that would be the clientele. Uh, one, two is funders or donors, and three is volunteers. Um, and then kind of more generally in, in, no matter which of those three you're tackling, you're reaching the general populace, people that might not fit the clientele. They might not uh, have the means to donate or are already overextended with other, other you know, nonprofits that they're giving to or have the time to volunteer, but they at least are aware of the nonprofit and can share and use their network to, to spread the word. Um, even though they may not be able to directly make an impact. 
Sure. So creating content, we kind of mentioned it a couple of times now. It, it can almost feel like a full-time job for, for some, especially when you're talking about a full gamut of marketing. Yes. But, you know, what should we be talking about online as a nonprofit? So I would publish anything that just underlines and helps define your mission to anybody that could come across that content. Really answering that why is, is kind of the, the primary goal. Like, why are we here? Why would I want to support you? Why should I come to you for service? Why, why do you exist? Basically, that's the, that's the underlining. And then anything beyond that is just icing on the cake. If you have a, an annual event that's a fundraiser, then social should be used to promote that event. If you feel that no matter what you're doing, your voice isn't being heard, then I would utilize social as an experiment to see what parts of your message will resonate with the public most. Okay. You've got agencies that might've never had a website. Essentially, you know, their presence was in the phone book and an older volunteer base that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And they've, even though they're still active and they may still have paid staff, their impact within the community is just evaporated because their previous means of communication, they're gone. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting that you mentioned, web, mentioned website too. You know, I don't think that social media is a replacement for websites, right. but it gives us an opportunity. I know so many nonprofits that maybe they don't have access to update their own website with consistency. And so the vibrancy that you can bring through social media can be huge. It really can. And that's something that I, that I urge people as well, as far as the benefits of having social media, it's so easy to publish updates and ensure that you're, you've got a constant stream or semi-constant stream of new information, whereas the majority of your website builders, whether it's an actual functionality issue that makes it a little bit difficult to publish updates, or if there's just a mental block and somebody feels like it's going to be more complicated to update their website than social, uh, you run into instances where somebody just as they're running through their day and checking off their million long, you know, to-do mm -hmm. list, they keep pushing, updating the website down the list. Yep. Social is so simple and you can schedule updates. You can take advantage of planners that take, you know, the, the actual logging in and publishing the posts out of your hands and enable you to sit down when it's convenient for you and schedule your posts. That ease of, of production just, just makes it so much easier than managing a website. Yeah. Um, should still do the website. <laughs> still do the website. Don't give up on the website yet. No, never, <laughs> never. It's your hub, but social is a convenient way to, to ensure that the most up-to-date information is out there. Yeah. I would imagine that most users, when they find you on Facebook, then they go to your website to almost validate you as an agency or them as an agency. And so it feels like, you know, the Facebook, the Instagram, whatever it is, that's their first introduction to you. And then the relationship is built in the website or, or beyond that in person. Yes, it 100% it is. So the, the social media is really like a spoke on that hub mm -hmm. and it's reaching more people. It's, it's extended further than your website's reach may be because you're leveraging the power of Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform you're utilizing, but then you're bringing them into your hub. And so that's something else. Whenever you asked about content, I, as often as possible, like to include links to 
content that's been published on my website whenever I'm publishing an update to social media. Sometimes it's not directly on my website. Sometimes it's a, uh, a fundraising campaign site, but it's still something off social media um, that somebody can engage with. But more often than not, my goal is to bring them back to our website. Okay. And, so content, we know what we should be posting. What should we not be posting? I love it. One thing, and thankfully I haven't come across many local examples of this, never post negative content. If you have a PR nightmare and, you know, a, a staff member has gone AWOL and something terrible has happened within the community, then, you know, crisis control, a post that notifies the public that that individual is no longer involved with the organization, that's fine. Yeah. But uh, but negative content just never goes over well. Yeah. Um, I would also, I kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, occasionally in the pursuit of publishing frequently, you will have somebody that publishes content that's completely unrelated to the page. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned comments and, and engaging with audiences. So I'm going to throw you on a left field question here. Sure. Um, comments that are negative. How do you manage those um, for your page? If the comment is level-headed and it's kind of a, it's a reasonable question to ask, though it might not be something you want to hear, then I will respond to the comment as, um, as kind of graciously as possible. Mm -hmm. um, if it's an outright criticism and you can tell that there's not going to be any meaningful engagement and your response can't essentially even out the negativity that they brought, then I go ahead and hide it. Okay. And uh, more often than not, I will uh, leave it at that. Sometimes if I feel like there is a opening for that person to be swayed to our side, then I will message and just say, you know, something along the lines of, I was sorry to see, you know, X, you know, whatever yeah. you might have said, or I'm so sorry that you had a, neg a negative experience. You know, what could we have done better or what, how can we help you know, alleviate the situation, whatever it might be. But uh, you kind of know in your gut whenever you read a comment where the person's coming from and whether they have any good intent or not. And so I would say negative comments probably 75% of the time I'm hiding. I think that's what's interesting. And it's always one of those things you question yourself because to your point, you don't want to be accused of or, or have the appearance of sweeping something under the rug or just, you know, only wanting to show the good side of things. But sometimes people on social media occasionally get very, very brave. And sometimes they say really big things. And so trying to manage those, we don't know what's the right step there. So I think I appreciate your perspective on that. Thank you. Well, I don't want to scare anybody that's listening. So generally speaking, in our nonprofit community, I haven't. And I wonder if you have seen... Much negativity. I think around nonprofits, generally our community is truly supportive of all of us. We don't see a lot of that kind of activity. No, it's it's extremely rare that I see that type of response to a nonprofit's post. It has been, there have been maybe three instances in the going on six years that I've been doing uh, digital advertising that I've come across it for a nonprofit. Yeah. Well, and it's important to be aware of it. And that's another piece of this too, is to monitor your social media. It's not just post up whatever your content is and then ignore what happens from there. But it's to truly engage with your audience, not only for telling your story, but to make sure that they're receiving your story. 
Yes. And I'm really happy you mentioned that something that can actually do you harm. And this falls under that. Don't do this category. It's not necessarily content not to post, but don't ask a question or publish something that appears as if you're looking for response and then ignore the responses that come in. So if you are asking a question or you're asking people to engage with you in some way, whether it be via messenger or email or comments, make sure that you're responding to each of those that comes in and you're not just publishing and forgetting. They were excited to respond to you. They've reached out and all of a sudden it's crickets. And not only are they now disengaged, but they are frustrated with you. You spurred action and then just ignored it. Doesn't have to be immediate. People understand that you're busy, but you can't just ghost people. Yeah. Well, that's important. You're trying to build an audience. You're trying to build an understanding of who you are. So as part of that, how do you build the audience? How do you get people to find you on Facebook and engage with you? I love that. So one thing that we urge every organization that we speak to to do is have every member of staff, if they have a social media profile, to invite their friends, their family, everybody they know to follow the page. If you are on the board for a nonprofit or you're a member of the staff, it's something that I really feel like should be just an assumed thing that you do. You are passionate about the organization, hopefully, if you're involved, and that passion should carry over to your network. So you get this audience, you know, how do you... I guess, keep them engaged. I know it's content, but how do you monitor that sort of on the backside of things? Is that something that easily nonprofits can manage? It, in my opinion, it's easy. Okay. Um, in visiting with nonprofits, what I tell people to, to focus on at the beginning is look for green numbers because you always want to be growing no matter what it is, whether it's your follower count, your engagement rate, just look for the green. And if you don't do anything beyond that, just hope, you know, work towards having more green than red in any given period. But beyond that, visit your insights. If you haven't looked at the back end, um, one of the very best uh, Facebook posts that I've ever seen published, the person that published it had not actually ever looked at their insights for that particular post or really any of their, their content. They just went about their business, Mm -hmm. but they'd never actually seen the data and seen that for a page that typically gets like 500 people or reaches 500 people with each post, they had a post reach 35,000. Wow. You'll really get an idea, especially if you look at several months of content and just kind of compare what's reached the largest audience, which had, what's had the most engagement you can identify what your audience engages with. So talk to me a little bit real quickly about boosting. Yes. Is that really effective? Boosting is extremely effective. And I urge anybody that is not boosting your content to take a small budget. The Facebook's minimum per post is a dollar per day. Take a small budget and begin boosting your posts. You can boost any post that you've published and see what it does for your engagement. I would recommend spending boost budget on content that's already doing well to amplify its reach. Okay. The best success that I've ever seen with with boosts comes when you have something that you've already got more likes than you're used to seeing. You've already gotten some comments. You've got some shares. You can assign a small boost budget. I mean, something as small as $5 and see that effect, you know, quadrupled 
you're you're basically taking your audience which you know with before you've boosted it you're limited to your followers and their friends if they happen to share or comment sometimes people will see that a friend has commented on something and it'll end up in their feed but you're basically expanding your reach beyond the people that have already chosen to follow you and casting your net to capture so many other people within the community that are 100% interested in what you have to offer. They just haven't come across you yet. We as nonprofits, our marketing budgets are sometimes that's the first place that we cut because we have to do operations and program and things of that nature. And so $250 a month is the largest that you're working with right now. That's huge for a nonprofit. True. I always recommend $3 a post as a starting point if you can if you can swing it. So you're talking if you're doing the five posts per week that I recommend, then $15 a week, basically. So 60 bucks a month, sometimes 75 uh, if you can swing it. And, and one of the things too, and I worked with a nonprofit to do this, they, they started with their board and just asked their board like, hey, can one person sponsor our posts. It's such a small dollar amount that a single donor could fund the entire boost budget for the month for a nonprofit and make an insane impact. I like to look at how many uh, people we reached and what our engagement was for that boost budget and then report that to whoever happened to fund the boosting. So yeah. they know, oh my gosh, my 60 bucks meant that 15,000 people who may not have ever heard about our mission before were informed. I can see right now all of my nonprofit friends are making copious notes around this that they're going to go and talk to their their donors about sponsoring their media social media boosts. Yes. So I good. mean, I have all kinds of questions, Ryan, running through my head, but I'm going to have to rein it in and ask is there anything final thought that you want to make sure that our nonprofits know? It's not really anything that I didn't say, but I just want any nonprofit listening to know that even if you don't feel like what you have to share on social is polished, you don't feel like it's necessarily the perfect thing to share, to go ahead and share it anyway. Getting your message out no matter how many followers you have right now, however big your impact might be, getting that message out and putting something out there that someone could grab hold of and share with their network is critical. Don't overthink it. Don't um, feel bad if it's not as polished as what some other nonprofits are, are publishing. Just get it out there. Social media is in some ways very personal. And so just using the voice that you have and your passion for your organization and letting that come through in the post that you have will do a lot to help build that audience. Thank you again for popping in the studio with me today, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. I've Thank enjoyed you visiting with you. Like I said, I have a thousand more questions and I know our listeners most likely do too. So we will link to Armic Systems and more about Ryan's services in the show notes today. Please check there for contact information with him. And thank you so much for sharing your support and expertise with all of us, Ryan. Thank you, Autumn. It's been fun. Tune in next time wherever you listen to your podcast and thank you to the Recording Library of West Texas for their partnership.